Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Aaliyah, and my friend, Rivka, and this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Aaliyah? I'm doing well. How about you? Good. How was your conference weekend? It was super awesome. I loved it. Yeah. So we have some conference traditions at our house, but of course you're not at our house anymore. So um, what kinds of things did you do for this conference weekend? Um, tradition wise, not much other than one of my cousins made cinnamon rolls. So yes. <laughs> shout out to okay. her for keeping that going. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, conference cinnamon rolls are definitely a thing. And yep. uh, I saw them online. So I was actually on a um, social media fast the whole week with our, with the youth of our war. But then this morning I checked Facebook and saw lots of cinnamon roll pictures. So (laughs) it was good. Um, we actually had chocolate raspberry sweet rolls this weekend instead of cinnamon rolls. So that was picked by, uh, the other kids and, uh, they were good. So that was fun. How are you Rivka? I'm doing really well. Awesome. What kind of conference traditions do you have? Uh, we, we always have a Sunday morning conference breakfast. That's a tradition I grew up with eggs and bacon and homemade muffins. So we did that, um, which is always delicious. And, um, and then we have different things that we do as we listen. Some years it's conference bingo. Some years we do like in, in years past, we've done a, like a fantasy conference sheet that you fill out or you guess who's going to speak in which sessions or which hymns are going to be sung or what color dresses the Mormon Tabernacle Choir women are going to be wearing. (laughs) But we haven't done done that since it's gone virtual because that gets a little tough. Um, Anyway, but awesome. yeah, Yeah. So this year we did a store, a conference store where we got bucks for each you know, talk we listened to or things where we were reverent and then we got to go pick food from the store or little toys from the store to play with while we, while we watched. Oh, that's cool. I saw you post that in your Facebook group that you run where you, um, you know, you sort of write up a little bit about each talk and people yeah. comment and share their thoughts. And I yeah. wondered what the store was about. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's fun. Um, in a different, in a, in addition to the cinnamon rolls, a conference tradition in our house, or at least for me, is uh, the inevitable nap. <laughs> I can't, po- I can't possibly stop at nap. <laughs> that always <laughs> happens. I try so hard not to fall asleep, but if I'm just sitting there and it's still and peaceful and it's the afternoon, like forget about it. It's over. I'm gonna fall asleep. So right, you're feeling the spirit. It's very calm. <clears throat> yeah, totally. So thankfully, you know, we live in a day and age where I can relive those conference talks by video, audio, text, any way that I want to pick up what I missed. So uh, between the two of us, uh, I think me and my son napped uh, through much of the Sunday session. I caught about half of it. He caught about half of it. So (laughs) I have lots of time to repent and, uh, you know, (laughs) seek out the words of the prophets in the coming weeks. So. Well, today we're just going to sort of give our thoughts as a as a general conference as a whole. We're not going to spend too much time on a single talk and give sort of a 
our um, recap or th- or themes that we saw. Um, and then in the coming weeks, we'll just go through the talks one by one. So the next episode will be um, Elder Uchtdorf's Elder Uchtdorf's talk, God Among Us. And before we get to the serious stuff, I just since we talked, we mentioned Elder Uchtdorf's talk and the title. I just have to say that in our house, every time he said the word among us, everyone in the house thought of the, the mobile game that you can play. It's mm-hmm. sort of, <laughs> or, yes. you know, there's, yeah, there's the entire it, internet <laughs> thought right. the same thing. <laughs> so Aliyah, tell me about some of the memes that you uh, saw immediately as that talk was going on. So I'm in numerous group chats with numerous different friend groups and stuff, all of my generation and the second I heard the words among us, of course I thought of that. And then literally two minutes later, I was sent a meme in one of the group chats about <laughs> among us and then proceeded in all the other group chats to also get sent various memes about among us. <laughs> so, and I guarantee if you go on Instagram or something and just like go to any church meme, uh, like account, there's going to be a bunch of among us ones because that's just what everyone thought of when, when he says the words among us. So. Yeah. We imagined that there's some BYU student somewhere whose whole purpose is to crank out instant memes during general conference and like distribute them to every, you know, student in the university at the same time, <laughs> uh, just with conference in one tab and Photoshop in another tab and just, uh, exactly. going it is to amazing town. how quickly it happens. I was wondering like, do they have the backgrounds preset and ready to just pop some <laughs> text in or a picture? I Oh, uh, it is. It's crazy. Well, I, either he was totally unaware of that game and and like the cadence, the way he said it sort of emphasized those two words. So either he was totally unaware or that was like the greatest trolling by an apostle that has ever occurred. <laughs> I can and see he you knew, doing that. <laughs> and he knew what he was doing. And he and it was part of the great internet missionary effort that he is uh, leading right now. So Dude, I could see that happening. Well, with the uh, sort of silly stuff out of the way, um, Aaliyah, tell me maybe some of the themes that one or two themes that stuck out to you as you listen to conference this year. Um, Sunday morning, there was a pretty common thread of dealing with uh, loss and death, uh, which was interesting. Multiple different apostles shared stories of losing family members and, um, you know, how to kind of overcome that and get through that using the gospel and the atonement which is fitting because it's Easter and um, you know, that's the day that Christ himself overcame death. So. Yeah, that, that was um, very noticeable to me. And I, I, they were, it was moving to me to hear those sort of very personal stories and to hear these um, great leaders of the church sort of opening up their personal lives. And I think Aliyah, one of the things you said yesterday was it sort of, helped you remember like these are people too it's mm-hmm. it's easy to just think of them as they're calling but they're people too yeah awesome um Rivka what are some themes that stuck out to you I think for me the overall theme from this conference um was having peace in this life mm. so not just like the general topic of peace but how in the commotion of the world and with the difficulties that we experience in life, how we can have peace in that. And a lot of really 
um, good counsel and specific counsel about things that actions we can be taking or things that we can be doing, um, doing to do that. I mean, it started right out with president Nelson and his challenge for us to clear away the debris, Yeah, you know, whatever that debris may be. So for me, that was sort of like the overarching theme of conference was peace in this life. That's fantastic. Are there any other individual talks right off the top of your head that spoke to that theme that you're really looking forward to diving into? Oh, I'm sure there is. I loved Elder Renlund's um, talk on unfairness, mm-hmm. infuriating yes. unfairness, right? <laughs> Which is true, infuriating unfairness. Elder Holland, his whole talk was on peace. Um so I'm looking forward to that one. Um, yeah. There, Fantastic. There just, yeah, there were a lot, but those are a couple right off the, that are right off the top of my head that I can think of. Awesome. Um, Aaliyah, we talked about fairness on a recent podcast yep. and uh, an, an emphasis on that mm-hmm. in our home. And Aaliyah texted me during that talk about fairness. She was, <laughs> she was glad to hear it. So I was glad to hear it. Um, awesome so along with that Rivka the theme of peace um, to me I heard the word hope so many times yep and I think those things go hand in hand and we'll talk about this more in depth um, as we get to some of those talks but you know I've often for much of my life I thought what is what does hope really mean and it seemed so insubstantial compared to faith and charity and as I've really studied it out, I've I've just realized how central it is to the gospel and to our life here on earth. And um, I think it was Elder Ballard who said, you know, it's a it's a confident expectation. It's not just this insubstantial, wispy sort of thing. And that confident expectation really brings that peace in this life, knowing that the Savior will fulfill his promises. So no matter what comes whether even up to, you know, the death of a loved one, as was referred to so many times, um, you know, it, it gives us that strength to carry on and gives us that perspective to look forward to the future. So he also used the word um, eternal hope, which I thought was interesting. I'm not sure I've ever heard it really described that way before. Um, at least that I've yeah. like, picked up on, but well, Aaliyah, if you had listened to my talk in Word Conference a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I did listen to that. I remember you talking about the definitions of, of You're supposed to remember every word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. So there's a great Maxwell quote that I used in that talk where he said, hope cannot spring eternal unless it's eternal hope. And of course, I butcher every Maxwell quote unless I have it memorized. And I don't have it memorized. But it's something along those lines. <laughs> Where Maxwell emphasized, Elder Maxwell emphasized, like, yeah, this this hope, earthly hope, will not spring eternal. Only eternal hope will spring mm-hmm. eternal. So interesting. Like yeah, that. I'll send you a copy of the talk. You can reread it for your own uh, edification. <laughs> Do you even write your talks down? I thought you were a bold point kind of guy. <laughs> I am, but in Ward Conference, I felt the need to put it all out there. And there's a time limit. It was like a seven minute time limit. So I knew if I just started rambling about bullet points, it would it would go over the seven minutes. So I see, but nobody cares about that. So let's let's move <laughs> on to something else. Um, one other impression I had during this conference was President Hinckley, who was like the formative prophet of my 
um, late teen and young adult years was like sent to the world because he was the perfect cable television prophet. And so he went through all of this um, public affairs training as he was sort of working for the church when he was younger. And he could extemporaneously speak in a way that was so cheerful and charming and optimistic and persuasive. And he could go toe to toe with any interviewer, you know, just, just presenting the church in the best way possible. I feel like president Nelson is the perfect internet prophet. And I mean that in the most positive way. Like if you think about the things he has taught and again, Ripka, you brought up the, the detritus clearing away the trees. Like he is so skilled at bringing together powerful, complex gospel principles in one small package that's easily digestible mm-hmm. that you can put out on Instagram or Twitter or whatever the case may be. I mean, it's so easy to think of the image of those trees, clearing them away and doing that in your life and the, you know, letting God prevail and, you know, the covenant path and, and the Lord loves effort. Like those little sound bites are just so powerful in the internet era when our attention span is five seconds long. Well, in that five seconds, he's going to give you what the Lord wants you to hear. And he's, he's really good at it. Um, any, either of you have any thoughts on that? Did you do, how do you feel he fits into our internet age? It's funny that you bring that up because I feel like president Hinckley was quoted frequently in this conference. Mm -hmm. Um, My friend Jennifer and I were talking about that because for the same, he was our, you know, we looked at each other and we were like, President Hinckley, he was our prophet. He was the prophet of our youth. And um, so, so that's an interesting parallel I hadn't thought of, but he was quoted so much. And then I agree with you. President Nelson is um, one of the things that my kids and I, we've talked about this multiple times that we have been so appreciative this last year. Um, one of the sort of um, like the blessings that has come from our 2020 COVID-19 experience is that we have heard from our prophet so frequently and not just in general conference. You know, he's he's gone to the trouble to make these messages to the world that go out on YouTube, brief ones, right, that go out. And so we've had the chance to really regularly hear unique and for that moment messages from our prophet, because I think, as you say, he is the prophet for the internet age. Yeah, that's true. And I hadn't thought of it in that context, you know, the Thanksgiving video and these hear him videos Mm -hmm. and um, the one that he made just before conference, uh, the Palm Sunday one. Yeah. He's, he's so good at that. It's a treat and a delight at, you know, I I think maybe young people now (laughs) that's, it seems like, of course he would do that. But growing up, I would have loved to have had multiple messages a year from from our prophets. Yeah, so good. true. So it's wonderful. I love it now. Fantastic. Aaliyah, as a member of the internet generation, what do you think <laughs> about that? I love President Nelson with all my heart. Like, I, I don't think Hinckley was around when I was born, I'm sure, but I, I don't remember, like, anything. <laughs> um, and I remember Monson, but really like i mean he opened his kind of time as prophet almost immediately with the whole um gathering of israel thing and like speaking directly to the youth and like everything he does is a call to action 
and everything that he does is action himself. Like he is constantly going and moving and progressing the work as fast as he possibly can. And I think uh, an evidence of that is the 20 temples that were announced. Like that's <laughs> mind blowing. And he's just so, he's so fast, I guess. Like he just goes. And I think that's part of the internet age is that our generation is, you know, fast moving as well and he keeps up man <laughs> it's insane we're keeping up with him like <laughs> I know. So he's awesome he turns 97 this year that's oh insane was he actually yeah no way. <laughs> that's insane. i don't even process that that seems so impossible yeah i know and we're all just like okay <gasps> trying to keep up with them all of us <laughs> yeah and, and you know President Hinckley gave off that same sort of vitality. You know, he he was one of the first prophets to um, just travel so extensively internationally. And, um, you know, he, he went all over the world speaking to the world. And, and President Nelson is the same way. And it's just, it's glorious to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaliyah, can you tell us about the time you got to shake President Nelson's hand? Sure. So... It was, I think it was a stake conference, I want to say, right? Yep, Madison. It was more than, there were more people there than just the stake, but yeah, it was in Madison. Yeah, so um, our friend invited us, invited us. It wasn't actually our stake, but one of my dad's best friends and a good family friend was like, hey, President Nelson is coming to our stake. Do you want to come? <laughs> and, and he was an apostle Yeah, at yeah, the time. sorry, sorry. He, he, had, he wasn't the prophet at the time. Um, and we were like, yeah. <laughs> So we went there, um, and at the end, he walked down one of the like aisles, like between the rows of pews. Um, and I was on the end of our row, and he was just kind of like going down each pew and like briefly talking to and like shaking the hands of the people at the end. And so when he got to me, he did the whole like handshake thing where he like, uh, like with two hands or whatever. <laughs> it was it was great. And uh, so, yeah, I got to shake President Nelson's hand. <laughs> awesome. It's a good memory. And I, I I know that you feel he's sort of your prophet. And that's how mm-hmm. Rivka and I felt about President Hinckley. And I've sometimes wondered, like, it, did it start in that moment as you met him face to face? And, yeah, you know, maybe. we got to see his sort of energy and, and strength right there in front of us. So, yeah. Um, well, Aaliyah, what other themes stuck out to you? Um, well, really quick, before we move on from President Nelson, my favorite thing, you were talking about like little, uh, you know, packages of stuff. Yeah. So my favorite like quote or idea that he gave in his uh, talk about faith was um, <clears throat> faith to stop the rain and faith to persevere when the rain does not stop. I think that's a really powerful um, message that is easy to remember. And I will definitely remember it for a long time. Yeah, that's um, awesome. It maybe I should rephrase the question then. I loved that quote. Any other specific quotes that really stuck out to you? Oh. Uh, I know you wrote some down. Yeah, well, I have, I have my notes here. You can probably hear my pages flipping. Um, Join the club. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took a lot of notes um in during conference. Um, he, there, there was a scripture that was quoted a lot. It was the, I am the light and the life of the world. And then also the, I am the resurrection and the life. I don't know why, but I've never remembered hearing that before him saying that he's the resurrection. 
mm. uh, Christ saying that he is the resurrection. And that was uh, referenced, I want to say, like three different times, if not more. So that was an interesting uh, theme, thread, I guess. That's great. And Ripka, I know you noticed a few scriptures that stuck out as being used repeatedly. Yeah. Um, one in the beginning, toward the beginning of conference several times, it was the the scripture about when he comes, we shall be like him. You know, that one about having our image or his image in our countenances. So that was one that I heard kind of repeatedly. Um, yeah, and after you sent that via text, I noticed a few other people didn't quote that scripture, but they did talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that one, so that one stuck out to me since you sort of alerted us to the fact that it was being used. So um, one thing that was used a few times, but not nearly as many as last conference was Liberty Jail. Yeah, there were a couple of those. <laughs> yep. So I wish I had kept count in the last conference because it was so many times. And this mm-hmm. time I think... It was only twice, maybe, that we yeah, saw it. That I that I caught, yeah. Yeah. Another theme that I noticed was, um, and and again, this might be my own focus trying to pick up on these things, but the youth and the young single adults, just how um, how much power and strength is there, and especially in the priesthood session, that was really, really strongly emphasized. And that was an incredible session. Like it was so powerful. And we'll we'll read those talks and talk about them here on the podcast. But it, for those of you who, who didn't um, watch it, please go back and, and watch or listen to it. It was really, really good. But just the thought of how much strength and um and you know spiritual power is in that that age group. So and it just reminded me so much of of your feelings on that, Aliyah, and how strongly you feel about that. So it was pretty awesome to hear. Uh, um, so Aliyah, other themes that you thought about? Um, I've got some quotes here that I picked up from, I think it was Sunday morning. Okay. Uh, so one of them is the only way to take sorrow out of death is to take love out of life. That was, I think that one hit for a lot of people. Like, um, when she said that everyone in my room, like immediately picked up their pencils and started writing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, that was a good one. Um, and then, uh, Edward Dubé said, it is not so much about what we are going through in life, but what we are becoming. I thought that was really Mm. interesting. I like that kind of shift in perspective and focus. And then, um, happy is the man whom God corrects is a quote by elder Wakolo. Yes. His talk was excellent. Oh, so good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Rivka, what did you think about the focus on the international church and the those who are not married? I was oh, I was just going to bring up one of the things that I loved. That I mean, we always have speakers from many many nations, but because they did it virtually and they had all those messages pre-recorded because they didn't travel to Salt Lake, I thought that was such a good visualization for those of us who, you know, have grown up just pretty well entrenched in the church in the U S and especially the inter intermountain West. Like that's where I grew up. And so I loved seeing um, more visually that representation of people from all continents contributing and the choirs. 
those little Korean yeah. kids in their traditional dress <laughs> and the I am a child of God musical number. I just was teary eyed through that whole thing. Um, seeing all the different groups of young women and Relief Society sisters and primary children from all over the world in their languages. It was just extraordinary. I loved that. Um, and then also I, I appreciated, um, there were a lot of, of discussions and there have been for the weeks leading up to this about changes being made, um, in different policy and practices so that we are better acknowledging and using the skills of, of apparently the majority of the adults in the church who are not married, either single, divorced, widowed. Um, and that's wonderful because I have people I love very much who are single and I know have struggled with the, you know, with that feeling of belonging in a church that is so family oriented, um, but almost our orientation, the family is exactly appropriate, but sometimes our cultural image of what a family looks like is skewed to be exclusive. And so I, I, for one, because I have not lived that was grateful to hear, um, counsel and, and reminder that, um, that they are, and I hope that they heard it. I, I talked to one of my sisters-in-law who who was single, and and she was emotional and grateful for almost the validation. You know, I think they needed that. We need we need you. We love you. Your the the marital status does not define um, your worth or value yeah. in the church or to God. Love it. Yeah, it's. I got to tell you, it is such a challenge. Um, I think it's just natural for humans to sort of group together with other people who have similar circumstances. And I would say, Rivka, you know, we experienced that during the residency years where you sort of clung to other people who were in residency at the same time because they could so empathize with what you're doing and what you're going through. And, you know, as someone who has a family with kids, you know, who are, Uh, middle and high school age and and out of the house, I tend to associate with other families with kids the same ages. I don't hang out with a lot of families, although some of my best friends have young kids, but it's not like the majority of my social circle is families with young kids or empty nesters or people who are single. And so it's a, you know, it's a reminder to me to look outside of that social circle and um, open that circle a little wider. And then administratively as a church, you know, really reaching out to those uh, singles and really embracing them and, and helping them to um, integrate administratively into, into callings in the church and helping them to, you know, use those skills to contribute. So yeah, I think it was a great good. reminder. Yeah, I think it's good for us to, to be reminded of that. I was thinking of when my sister was serving as a Relief Society president in her singles ward. Um, one of the frustrations she came on early was just in the ward council is the, is the very well-meaning bishopric was asking, what can we do, you know, to get these kids more involved in the ward? 
you know, more involved activities, wanting to do things together. And my sister very lovingly said, I think probably the first thing we can do is stop referring to them as kids. You know, they're all grown adults. They're, they're, right. adults. they're out in the workforce. You probably shouldn't be calling them kids. You probably shouldn't be seeing them as kids. You know, yeah. they want to be seen as as the adults that they are doing adult things, struggling with adult problems. And, and uh, so as Elder Ballard was talking, that's what I kept thinking of that story she shared with me and how it is good that we are, are being counseled and, and reminded and shown and um, lovingly chastened. Yeah, definitely. Well, with our last couple minutes, I wanted to shift the focus just a little bit and ask each of you, how you study general conference. So what do you do to make your study meaningful? And I've mentioned in the past that I often would listen to all the talks just again through a podcast feed, and then that's as far as it went. And so I heard them again and they were uplifting, but I noticed frequently as I discussed conference with people this weekend, I heard a lot of like, oh, it was so good. And so then I would sort of dig a little deeper using those Elder Bednar questions. And I'd say, well, what doctrines did you learn? Or what invitations did you hear? Or what promises did you hear? And most of the time, and of course, I was talking to my own teenager uh, for half of it. So I don't know if it's a representative (laughs) sample, but I got a lot of answers like, I don't know, I'm not sure it was just good. So how do we take it from good to something, something we heard multiple times was, you know, writing it on the fleshy tables of our heart, or, you know, really bringing it into who we are and what we're doing. So, uh, Aaliyah, I'll start with you. What do you think? How, how can we study conference to really bring it into our lives? Um, I think part of it is doing what we just did, which is, uh, noticing kind of different themes that were consistent through talks, because generally if more than one apostle talks about it, then it's important. Um, And I think other things we can do, I like reading the talks. Um, I don't know if that's the same for everyone, but I like reading them and highlighting them is pretty much what I do. Um, So I will go and usually I highlight them with different colors with the intention of, of sharing those like on the podcast. So like red is my general impression and, you know, blue is invitations and stuff. Um, but what I'll do is I'll go through and read everything and highlight the stuff that I like and highlight the stuff that I have additional thoughts on. And then there's notes, there's a note feature on the gospel library app. Um, and so I'll use that to take notes, um, on the quote that I highlighted. So that's what I do. Awesome. And implied in that is making the time to do that. And we heard somebody say, I think it was Elder Bednar, um, quoting President Kimball about, you know, treating conference, um, setting it next to the standard works in terms of studying it. So, hmm. uh, Rivka, what do you think? What are some ways you, I know you have, you seem to have uh, this very complex system. <laughs> Maybe it's not as complex do as I, I think. <laughs> I, I don't think I do have a complex system. It, washi tape is involved. That's not very complex. So it's just, <laughs> and colored pens. Um, and I don't always do it exactly the same way. I, I do quite a combination of them. I listen to them because I find I hear different things when I listen versus when I read. Different things will stick out for me. So I like to do both of those things. Um, and 
um, I end up listening to them more than I read them um, because I'll listen to them, you know, multiple times. And I go and I take notes on my paper copy because I'm analog. We've talked about that already, old school, um, <laughs> and connect with it. Um, and I love to talk about general conference with people and ask them favorite talks and just have these sorts of discussions because we hear them differently. We're all individual people. And I'm always so appreciative of hearing what things stick out to other people. I think that's part of the reason that doing this podcast with you guys is such a joy for me because this is just like my ideal way to spend time. It's just talking about these general conference talks. Um, and that's, you know, kind of what drove me to even starting my Facebook group was just kind of like, maybe I'll have some friends who want to talk about conference with me afterwards. <laughs> and it turns out I did. So, you know, there's a lot a, of friends, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of new friends <laughs> that, that I've never met in my, in real life. But um, yeah, it's there. I think there are so many ways to approach this and to study this that it, I, you know, it will absolutely look different for everyone. And maybe the first way, the first thing to do as you begin is just to, is just to pray, kneel down and pray that, you know, the desire to study will be there because sometimes we need to pray for that. Life gets busy, life gets concerning and heavy and, and this requires effort. I love President Nelson's reminder again at the end of General Conference that, that to increase our faith takes effort. Um, and so we, uh, that's something that I know we can pray for help with is the, uh, the ability and the desire to put in the effort to study and learn and increase our faith. Absolutely. And he talked about stillness in that same talk, which is something I've been working hard on and, uh, making very slow progress on. <laughs> um, and so it was another good reminder to set aside time where you can really focus on it. So, well, thank you both for all those thoughts and for sharing with us, you know, how you how you passed the conference weekend and what you got out of it. And I am really, truly looking forward to reading every single one of these talks and talking about them with both of you. It's going to be fantastic. I'm super excited. Me too. So, Leah, can you tell everyone how to get a hold of us? Yes, I can. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we our usernames on all of those are Words of the Prophets Podcast, and we also have an email that's Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. We've been getting a couple of messages and people reaching out, uh, just letting us know that they're listening and how they use the the podcast, and we love hearing it. It's super awesome. Um, so it, it feel free to message us and reach out, and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, including we got one from the Philippines this weekend. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So welcome um, to that person. And thanks for sending <laughs> us a message. And uh, yeah, thank you to everybody who's reached out for us. It really um, helps us to know that we're making a difference. And we're and we're really enjoying this. And um, it's it's been a great um, opportunity for us to grow as well. So as I mentioned at the beginning, our next talk for the next podcast that we're going to talk about is Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf's talk, God Among Us. And thank you all for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith.